Thanks for tuning in to the Extra Rounds podcast. My name is Mike Dice. This is an exclusive Bellator 167 preview show, a collection of interviews with fighters on the card. Now, all of these interviews were recorded before Thanksgiving, so if the tense they're using seems weird, that's why. The main event is about between Darian Caldwell and Joe Baby Juggernaut. Caldwell was upset in stunning fashion in their first bout, and he is eager to avenge the loss. Let's start by talking to Darian. Hey, Darian, how are you? What's up, Mike? Thanks for uh, taking the time out to talk to us during a holiday week. Yeah, not a problem, buddy. Is it difficult to be in a camp during Thanksgiving? Uh, honestly, nah. I don't really know what Thanksgiving is. I'm a wrestler. We don't <laughs> have Thanksgivings. <laughs> very, very solid point. So looking at this fight, this is an immediate, uh, a r- immediate rematch. Did you, did you really want this one back? Is that kind of how this came to fruition? I didn't want it. I needed it. It was, it was something that I needed to do. Um, um, of course, I, I wanted it, but more than that, I needed this fight. What's the difference between want and need? Um, when you want something, it's a possibility that you can you can get it. When you need it, you're going to have it. You know, there's a, there's a people who've lost a fight and then wanted the immediate rematch who kind of, um, in the past said that they were, uh, or have been described as kind of obsessed with getting it. Did you, did you kind of feel that way at all in the immediate aftermath? Uh, well, not so much obsessed cause it's baby Joe. Like I can care less. Like it's just like, uh, it's just more going out there in a vengeance. I lost, like, you know, it's, it's, you always want to, regardless of who you fight, you want to go out there and put on a better, better performance than you did when you lost with your last fight. So Joe just happened to be, be the guy in the way. And what was it like afterwards? Did You know, you were dominating the fight. Did you, was it just kind of kicking yourself? Did it take some time to get over before you could watch it back or? Yeah, I, I beat myself over um, maybe for about a good 24 hours. That that flight home was a, a really long flight, longer than any flight I ever took. Uh, but uh, I knew I couldn't hang my head over it. Um, I had to get back to the drawing board. And that Monday I was already in, in the gym um, looking to make adjustments, so. Do you think him missing weight had any kind of effect on it, or it wasn't a factor because you were dominant? One more time. Did him you missing weight? Yeah. Nah. Um, that's on him. He wants to miss weight, then give me your money. <laughs> and uh, but I do think it had something to do with uh, him not getting a title fight and having to run it back. You know, had he made weight, I couldn't. Uh, there's nothing I can say. Okay, oh, so what? You're winning the fight. Um, you you got tapped out in, in the third. But when when a guy misses weight, um, then those questions start to to linger. You know, did he have more energy? Did he have more gas? You know, um, what, did that play a part? And so um, it's not really a, a concern of mine. I'm going out there, and, and I. I I, I don't think he's going to make weight this time, but um, I'm ready for that this time. And you kind of mentioned this. Some thought it was a number one contender about last time around. Do you still view it this way, even though this is kind of this double header is kind of stacked with top bantamweight matches? It is a number one contender spot. Who's better than me in this division? I don't know anybody. There's no one better than me in this division. So if this, this doesn't determine me being a number one contender and, and fight for about that. And I don't know what else to do. Fair enough. You also train with uh, Gerard Trice, is that correct? Yes. That's my brother. That's my that's my boy. That's uh we we, we spent some time at the Olympic training center. Uh, we spent some time when he made the transition over to MMA and I was there and um in Arizona and um, <clears throat> we did a little training. Uh 
I'm really looking forward to this guy uh, showing out, coming up. and uh, He's got a bright future ahead of him. He's a hard worker. He's a great kid. and um, I think he's got a bright, bright future in the sport. What kind of advice like, would you give him coming into, or did you give him coming into Bellator? What kind of guidance did you offer? Well, you know, when you're a high-level athlete and wrestler, you know, you, you, you've got the most confidence in yourself. And, and keep that confidence. Never never lose that confidence. But uh, when you come in, you got to understand that there is, there's like a, a to, there's a, a total pole that you gotta get. It's like a podium. You gotta work your way up, you know. And I know Jared Trice, he's the guy who wants to fight the best guys now. He he loves the competition. If if it were up to him, and and everything was right, he'd fight a Winton Vassil tomorrow or uh, 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 Claire Claremont, you know, uh, the guy Francis, whoever it may be. He'll fight a top five guy tomorrow on his very first fight. But, you know, this isn't this isn't wrestling. There's a lot of variables that goes into the sport. There's a lot of ways of winning, a lot of ways to lose. But, you know, lose. So um, it is definitely good to work your way up and um, and grow as a as a fighter. You're already a top athlete, uh, grow as a fighter and, and your time's gonna come. You know, Bellator's uh, been pretty active about going out and recruiting amateur wrestlers. How how good do you think that is for amateur wrestling in general? You know, other sports, kids playing baseball, basketball, football, you know, they know that there's a potential professional career down the line. Is this kind of breathing some life into amateur wrestling? You know, we never we never really had that outlet. So, you know, as a wrestler, you don't have that outlet to, to, to pros, you know. And MMA is our pro. We, now you're seeing all, all the wrestlers want to, Want to fight now? I went back to NC State and, and guys got boxing gloves in the wrestling room. And I'm like, oh my, this is real. Like, this is going to be the transition from wrestling to the league is MMA. And Gerard's fighting during this doubleheader too. Is that uh, exciting that you know you guys get to go on this trip and you know compete um, on the same card, or do you kind of wish that you guys were separated so you kind of enjoy him or corner him or coach him? I think it's great that we're um, there together. We, we're there for each other mentally, and we can support each other um, uh, physically to just be there, you know. And I, I, anytime you got your buddy, you know, a friend at your fight, you know, he's fighting on the same night. You guys both want to perform. You guys both, you know, it just feels, it just feels like you're at home, you know. It, 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 the jitters are, are a little, um, it's a little less stressful. And so uh, I think it's a great opportunity for both Jirai and I to, to fight on the same card. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out to talk to us. Uh, best of luck to you in your fight. Can't wait to see it. Thank you. As we mentioned there towards the end of the interview, Darian Caldwell trains with Gerard Trice, who's also fighting on Bellator 167. We also talked to him. So let's just jump right into that interview. Hey, Gerard, how are you? Hey, what's up, Mike? How's it going? It's going well. Thanks for uh, taking the time out to talk to us during a holiday week. No problem, man. So, you're making the transition. When did you start thinking about a career in MMA? Uh, I had the idea of it. The idea of it uh, in, like, 2011, 2012. But, um... To make it, like, when I wanted to make it, like, official was this year for sure. Have you have you been training in other disciplines, or, like, working on your striking since then, since 2012 uh, or 11? Yeah, man. Yeah, man, I, I train, I train uh, kickboxing, boxing, um, a little bit of Muay Thai, all, all of that every day, man, uh, every other day, uh, along with jiu-jitsu. You know, for amateur wrestlers, there wasn't always necessarily a clear route to go 
as far as professional and making money in a career um, as there is in other sports. Are amateur wrestlers kind of more cognizant that uh, MMA is out there and that wrestling is a, a strong discipline in MMA and wrestlers can do really well? Sorry, man, you broke up at that last second again. I was just saying, you know, wrestlers didn't necessarily have a a clear path to make money in the sport uh, as far as the professional level. You know, with MMA out there and wrestlers doing so well, um, are more amateur wrestlers sticking with the sport longer or putting more into it, knowing that they have a future and potential chance to make money at it? Yeah, man, it's a a huge opportunity for all wrestlers, man. Uh, If you're willing to get in and battle and and take punches and throw punches, man. This is a great this is a great opportunity for us to make a transition, man. Just like how you gotta have guys like from college football make a transition to NFL, college basketball players make a transition to NBA. I think this is the right the the the, the route for wrestlers to take for for us to go to the next level to make money. This is a, this is the this is a great route. And I know you're training with some other strong wrestlers who've you know, been fighting in MMA for a while, like Darian Caldwell and Bubba Jenkins. What kind of advice did they give you regarding the transition? Uh, man, uh, Bub- the, the advice Bubba get, gave me was, man, uh, man, take take it serious, man. Get in the best shape possible, man. Do everything right. Uh, I talk to Caldwell every day, man. That's like one of my best friends, man. And uh, they don't they don't actually train in my gym, man. The guys who train in my gym are uh, uh, Tyrell Fortune. And uh, Cliff Starch and uh, Trevor Smith; those are the guys who train in my gym. But um, and I like to have those guys around, man. Experienced man who who've been in the game for the last four or five years. My other teammates been in the game for ten plus years. You man, it's it's a great thing. It's a great thing to have those guys around, man. To pick their brains and just to learn the the, the, the mental as the mental toughness aspects of the of the sport, man, on what you have to do to be successful in the sport, man. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm soaking it all in like a sponge, man. I, I love, I, I love what I'm doing right now. And, and I really appreciate the opportunity that I have. And you mentioned working on kickboxing and other disciplines. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people hear wrestler and they expect to see him rely on his wrestling in the debut. Is that not necessarily the case with you, or are you going to look to kind of show off your other skills that maybe people aren't aware of? I most definitely want to work uh, the things that I've been working on for the last six six months, man. I definitely want to show show off my my striking, my stand up, man. That's that's I'm like I said, man. Uh, I've been saying this in previous interviews, and I'm a huge fan of stand up, man. Uh, I think guys should let their hands go a little more, but like I like I said, man, I want to let my hands go. Uh, I want to put on the show, man, show them that wrestling is just not the only thing that I have to offer. So is it safe to say you don't look as someone like Brock Lesnar as the model, you know, use the wrestling, get him to the ground, and then just pound them into submission? Uh, Not not my type of style, man. Uh, If if I have to rely on that, of course I'll do it, but uh, I'm – I like I like stand ups, man. I like stand up guys like Mo Wall, stand up guy, perfect example, all American wrestler who 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 stands up all the all the time. And you mentioned Tyrell Fortune and did you talk to him when making the move? You guys kinda of came over at the same time. You you know, you're on the journey around like together almost uh kind of on the same timeline. Do you guys talk or bonded over mm-hmm. that? We talk every day, man. That's that's another. He's like my brother, man. Like me, and him, he trains at my gym. Me and Tyrell go back since like 2004, 2005. Uh, we both live here in, in Tempe, and we both train together, man. And he helped me prepare for my for we helped each other prepare for uh, the Olympic team trials, and then we we also helped each other prepare for our fights. So that's one of my guys. One of my friends and is there from i mean you've obviously wrestled on the biggest of stages uh is there any trepidation trepidation to making your debut in a major organization i didn't i didn't hear that one more time you've obviously wrestled on huge stages uh so i don't imagine stage fright or something like that is uh plays that apart but is there any kind of nerves making your debut in a major mma organization 
Uh, I mean, I haven't got there yet, but uh, I'm pretty sure I have a little bit of uh, it'll be on my be on my mind a little bit. But uh, I I live I live for the big the big lights, man, the big shows, man, the big matches, the big crowds. I live for that, man. I love that. I love that atmosphere, man. That's that's just my style, and it's all it's always been. And I, I love putting on a show for people. You know, Bellator is a promotion that really tries to bring out the personality of the fighters and allow them to put on a show. What what could fans expect to see from your personality coming through? Oh man, that's a lot of personality for me, man. Like like I said, dude, I if you watch any of my matches, dude, I like I love putting on putting on the show, man, and I I bring I bring a lot of energy to it, you know, and uh I like to get the crowd involved. <laughs> Is there a certain fighter that you see as kind of a role model or someone that you kind of aspire to be? Uh man, one of my a huge role models in me, man, uh who 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 I talk to weekly is Mo. Mo Lawal King Mo. He's one of my good friends as well. Like uh like I said, I talk to him weekly and uh he just he just he's been actually been a huge part of my process, man, on helping me out and everything uh with all my like on what I should be doing and the way I should be approaching and preparing for fights and everything else and uh we'll we'll finish with this question I think a lot of people want to know are you gonna keep the nickname doughboy uh man that's 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 my name man like that's my brand it's been my name since I was a kid, man, and um, it's, it's the name's here to stay, man. <laughs> Is there a cool story behind the name? I mean, pretty much, it's, it was just pretty much my 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 uh, coach when I was a kid. Uh, what it was was he gave me the name when I was a kid, dude. It was just like he we were playing one day at football practice and. Like he called me Doughboy when they had football practice, and the next thing I know, the next day, like everyone in my whole neighborhood was calling me Doughboy, and it was like, and the name just pretty much stuck, man, all the way through, from middle school all the way through now. <laughs> A little tribute to your uh, roots, then. Right. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out to talk to us. Best of luck to you. Thank you, man. I appreciate you for the interview today. There you have it. Gerard tries making his debut in Bellator. Strong amateur wrestling career. He's one of a group of wrestlers that Bellator has brought in. Next, let's talk to Justin Lawrence. He's fighting John Teixeira. Hey, how are you? How are you, Mike? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Thanks for uh, taking the time out to talk to us uh, hours before Thanksgiving. (laughs) Yeah, no worries, brother. No worries. Is it uh, difficult being in a training camp during Thanksgiving? You know, I feel like, uh, you know, I always, I've always, I tend to be in camp uh, around around these, you know, these times, either Christmas or uh, Thanksgiving. But the good thing is, is if you miss one, you get the other. So that's what I'm really looking forward to, and that's what I'm banking on. You know, I, I might not have a great uh, or the best Thanksgiving just because of uh, the diet, but, uh, you know, I, 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 I always have Christmas to fall back on, and I know I'll be fat and healthy and excited to eat come then. No pressure on the family, but they got to make the Christmas dinner a special Christmas dinner. Yeah, yeah, take your breath in the salad for me, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You weren't originally scheduled to be on this card, but an injury paved your way. Uh, Was that the plan, to try and get in another fight before the end of this year, or did an opportunity just kind of presented itself and you took advantage? Oh, yeah, man. I was definitely trying to get a fight. Uh, I've been training hard uh, right after my knockout of Kobayashi in June. Um, I knew Bellator was going to be giving me somebody tough and somebody nasty. So I only spent two or three days back home with the family and uh, got, got right back in the gym, you know, really, really knowing that I was going to get a tough fight and really knowing my next fight was going to really pave the rest of the way through, you know, through 2016 and 2017. So, yeah, man, I, I, I've been looking for a fight, and uh, Pat Kern ended up getting hurt, and uh, I was gladly to step in. I'm in good shape. Uh, 
training super hard and uh, feeling like a beast and feeling nasty. So there's kind of a little bit of a, a connection here. You were supposed to fight Pat Curran. He pulled out, and now you're filling in for him. Do you Have, have you noticed that or thought about that at all? <laughs> no, no. I, 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 yeah, it's kind of funny that you, you mentioned that. Uh, you know, but I, just, I feel like, you know, uh, John Tachera John is a tough fight. Uh, and, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, it's, you know, it's maybe a fight that people don't really want, you know, but I was calling up for this fight because I think it's a good opportunity. Uh, it's a good, it's a good way to start off my 2017 year beating a guy like that. The, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned that you, you said before that you were uh, disappointed when Pat Coran pulled out because you were looking for a big win or a big fight to kind of solidify your career. Do you feel like this is that fight or are you still chasing that fight? Oh, no, I definitely feel like it. this is this fight. You know, this guy's got a, a pretty impressive uh, win streak going on right now, and uh, I feel like I'm the guy to ruin it. I feel like I'm the guy that uh, to rain on, rain on his parade. I feel like I'm a guy that uh, once, you know, a guy that's, if he's in shape, he, he's hard to beat, super hard to beat. And uh, I'm in great shape, you know, uh, doing my camp back here at Alliance again. Uh, they've done nothing but put me in nasty shape and uh, uh, keep my weight low so the weight cut's not hard on the body the week of. And uh, going out there, just showcasing my skills, show everyone, all the fans uh, and everyone else that uh, I belong at the top of this division. You know, you, um, you kind of mentioned, talking about him being a big fight, you know, his 21 record, it kind of reminds me of Thomas Almeida. A lot of people discredited Thomas Almeida's, uh, you know, 20-plus wins undefeated um, because of who he had fought. Are you not one of those people when it comes to Teixeira? You, you're not thinking that his, uh, his record is padded, I guess is how you would phrase it? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, there's no doubt in my mind if I go look on Sherdog right now, he's got some guys that... He probably shouldn't, he, you know, those guys should have never been in the cage with him. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like records don't really mean a whole lot once you step in that cage. You know, we're both zero on zero. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I, I can touch you and put you down just as easily you can touch me and put me down. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like some of those, those, those fights probably have been a little padded, but you know, at the end of the day, he still has went in there and beat another human being. You know what I'm saying? He still has went in there and beat someone else. So, uh, taking no, no, nothing away from this guy, uh, but he has never fought a guy like me uh, as explosive, as fast, and it punches as hard. Uh, and you know, it's hard to hard to punch what you can't catch. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm just super excited to get in there and just 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 show all the hard work. And you mentioned your camp. You're filling in, um, as we mentioned, on for an injury, but you still kind of got like, what, a month, five weeks notice. Does it feel like you're taking the fight on short notice, or does it feel like you're getting a full camp? Oh, no. I've been, I've been, I've been in uh, Jeremy Stevens' camp when he just fought Frankie Edgar, so I've been chucking away for the past 12 weeks super hard. Uh, like I said, I, after my fight with Kobayashi, uh, I was fairly healed up. Uh, I mean, I didn't have no bumps or bruises real bad. I was pretty fresh. So I got right back in the gym because I knew that with that win was going to give me a good opportunity. Uh, and this opportunity uh, just came a little bit later. But I feel like this is still a great opportunity to uh, be knocking on that door for gold. Uh, so I definitely had a full camp. I definitely feel great. And uh, I'm ready to go out there and just unleash the savageness. You, uh, you mentioned Alliance MMA. I kind of feel like Alliance is a gym that flies under the radar that's a little bit underrated. You know, everybody talks about Jackson Winks or Rufus Sport or Team Alpha Male, AT&T. Do you guys kind of feel that way at Alliance MMA, that, like, you guys don't get enough credit as a team? Uh, I mean, we don't really think of it at all like that, but, I mean, yeah, I definitely think we do fly under the radar. I mean, we do have, we have killers in that gym, man. And uh, not only that, you know, we get a good funnel of different people around the world that come train there. Um, you know, so, uh, we're, we're definitely getting new blood, new faces in there, different looks. Uh, and it's kind of nice to go beat up on those people versus, you know, saving the, you know, Jeremy Stevens is, you know, sh saving the Dominic Cruz is all those hard gnarly rounds for fight camps. 
you know what I'm saying? Because uh, we need the best looks possible when we get in, inside inside that camp. So, uh, yeah, I think we do kind of fly under the radar. But you know what? That's been my whole career, and I feel like that's I relish that. I love that. You know, when people second-guess me or don't even think about me. You mentioned uh, Cruz and Jeremy Stevens. You know, his fight's in the books. Like, has he been able to help you uh, prepare for this fight, or is he still recovering from um, 205? Oh, no, he, he was in the gym. He was in the gym Monday with me, uh, right after his fight, pushing me. He wasn't, he wasn't on the mats, but he was pushing me, uh, you know, pushing me, putting me in bad positions, or having guys, you know, putting me down and having those guys putting me in bad positions uh, to fight out, you know. Having a guy like Jeremy Stevens, uh, having a guy like, that, like Dominic, Dominic Cruz uh, to watch over me like, like an older brother, uh, you know, I, I, I can't... I, that's why I'm here, man. You know, those guys, they, those guys believe, believe in me more than anyone in that gym. And, uh, you know, so having those guys, you know, tell me that, you know, uh, how good I am and tell me that I'm a world champion in this, in this organization, uh, you know, it makes me leave that gym confident. It makes me leave that gym like I put a good day's work in, you know. So, uh, yeah, Jeremy was in there this morning pushing me with my sprints. And uh, he's going to be in there. Tonight, when I go crack pads and run an hour after my pads, he's going to run with me, you know, and when, I, when I'm when i suffering, when I'm hurting, I look over and I see him hurting and suffering, it makes me keep pushing. So, yeah, it's awesome to have those guys there. Now, you mentioned uh, that they're like brothers to you, and you used to train with your father, um, or stepfather, I believe, and how important is it to you that you have a relationship beyond just kind of coach there, that there's kind of more of a connection? Yeah, it makes me want to work harder for them. It makes me want to, you know, uh, you know, if they say something, I don't second guess it because, you know, I, I want to work hard for those guys. I want to go out there and I want to, you know, I just want to give them my all every day, you know, every day to show them that, hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm the bad dude too, you know, and uh, they already know I am. So, yeah, man, it definitely, it definitely is. Like I said, man, it's it's, it's a blessing to be, uh, to be, you know, so tight with those guys. Uh, and, you know, having those guys, you know, uh, in your corner, man, you know, Don's going to work my corner this fight, uh, you know, and it's just awesome because he makes reads that no one in the sport makes, and uh, he sees things that a lot of people don't see, and he breaks styles down like crazy, and uh, so it's awesome to have a guy with that kind of knowledge backing me. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, does Darian, Darian Caldwell trains there too, right? A hundred percent. That's another. That's another killer. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's there's a there's a list that people don't even know, don't even realize that are there. You know, and uh, you know, again, that guy's wrestling. If he can't take me down, I know John Tashir can't take me down. You and you both are fighting uh, on this Bellator doubleheader. Is it exciting to kind of go through that journey with a teammate? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. You know, for the weight cut. You know, someone else suffering with me, so I'm not doing it myself. Uh, but at the end of the day, I do have to go in there, come December 3rd on Saturday and fight. I have to fight. No one else is going to fight for me, you know. So uh, to a certain extent, it is nice uh, with a teammate. But uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's my job. i gotta, I got to get it done. Well, thank you uh, so much for taking the time out to talk to us uh, during a holiday week. Best of luck to you. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it, man. Anytime. All right. That was Justin Lawrence. Let's keep it moving. And let's talk to Andre Fialo, who fights Chitty, whose name I can never pronounce correctly. He's an undefeated fighter, looking to keep that streak going in Bellator. So let's just jump right in. Hey, how are you? Hey, what's up, Mike? Uh, thanks for taking the time out to talk to us uh, during a holiday week. No problem, man. You're off to a, a pretty remarkable start in Bellator. Two first-round finishes, two wins. What do you attribute this to? What do I what? What do you attribute to you being able to come in and make such a big bang early? Well, uh, I don't know what you mean by that, but that's 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 the way I fight, you know. That's that's why I I pretend to keep fighting. Is it? Um... Is it just you feel like you're overmatched, like you haven't faced anybody who's been an, a challenge for you? No, I just, I just believe I'm the best in the world. I, I believe I'm on, I'm on another level. 
in coming into Bellator, I think you had said that you hadn't, you felt like you hadn't faced uh, top guys. Um, Chitty is a big step up in as far as your Bellator career goes. He's a veteran fighter. Is he your toughest challenge to date? Yes, no doubt about it. He's he's, he's a great challenge, uh, tough matchup. And, uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm excited. Can't wait. And you've been highlighted on the main card. It seems like you're kind of getting the push, you know, undefeated, two first-round finishes. Do you feel that way? Do you feel like you're getting this push? What do you mean, getting pushed? They're trying to expose you to a larger audience and get you in front of the fans to make you more visible and help you become a bigger star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know about that. They... They, they they gave me an average guy contract. If if they thought I would start, I don't I don't think they would give me the contract they gave me. But but I I pretend to to perform like a world champion to prove that I don't deserve that that average guy contract. I deserve a better one. How many fights do you have left on your average guy contract? <laughs> uh, this one and three more. Are you uh, some people we've seen fight? more frequently in an effort to try and get their um to get their contract finished faster so they can renegotiate is that something that you're thinking about no man uh, i i want to perform so i prove that I, i'm on another level so i, I can fight the the top guys and then i want to fight the best guys on the planet i want to fight douglas lima i want to fight koshko i want to fight mvp i want to fight Rory mcdonald I want to fight the, uh, Paul Daly. I want to fight all those guys, but my, I don't. With my contract, I mean, I don't want to be another MVP fighting bums for four years. You know, so, so I need to perform to prove that I deserve that. Well, you've certainly performed uh, incredibly so far in your Bellator career. Do you feel then like 2017 is going to be your breakout campaign? Mm-hmm. I hope I hope to have to have that welterweight belt by by the end of 2017. So by the end of this contract, you think you'll have the belt? Mm-hmm. Oh, I hope I, have, I I get a new contract after this fight. Oh, really? Okay. Um, and you've kind yeah, of go ahead. How good I want to perform. And you've uh, that's how good I want to perform. And you've been on an extended break. Uh, you fought like really quickly your first two fights, and it's you know it's been maybe six months off. What was uh was there an injury there that you you know you wanted to let heal, or was it just oh well, some fa- family some family problems? Uh, my grandfather died, then it was my my cousin's wedding, then my father's birthday, and it was all together. So I, I stayed at, at home two months and something. So you you've had a. You that was had, it. Just some family problem. You've had a rough, uh, a rough year. Um, some some hardships have come your way. How do you, how do you keep persevering? Man, believe you know. Uh, I, like they say, believe move mountains, and and I do believe that I'm best of all, and I do believe that I'm gonna be the best fighter of all times. So as long as I keep that belief, nothing's gonna stop me. And you're still training at American uh, Kickboxing Academy, right? Yes, I am. So are you training regularly with Cormier, Rockhold? You know, is that really giving you the confidence? Yep. I mean, Rockhold is injured now, but we we start the camp together. Now, yeah, I've been training with DC, boxing with Guns and Dines. And, I mean, yeah, I I, I train with the heavy guys. I don't don't train too much with the small guys. Is that part of what helps you? Camp has been good. Everybody's in camp, so... Is that part of what helps you uh, feel so confident that you're the best welterweight in Bellator's 170-pound division? Maybe. Maybe. I always believed, you know, but, but now it's different. Now I'm going, I'm training every day against the best guys on the planet. And, yeah, maybe it gives, gives me a little more confidence. But I think I, I, I always had this, this confidence. What kind of advice have they given you? Uh, a lot, man. A lot of advice. They help me every day. And, and, and yeah, we, I mean, I'll, I'll show it on December 3rd. 
all that we've been working on. And you mentioned MVP earlier. Uh, he fought this weekend, and a lot of people didn't enjoy the fight. Did you see it, and what did you think? Yeah, I saw it last time. Uh, man, I thought I thought it was one of the, my toughest challenges because of his style. But after what I what I've seen, I, I believe I'm on another level. I, I don't think he's on my level. And I don't believe he's a contender anymore. Do you see yourself getting the title shot before he does? I don't know. <laughs> we can we can make the facts happen to see who deserves the title shot. Well, thank you uh, so much for taking the time out to talk to us. Best of luck to you in your fight. Thank you, Mike. Okay, let's move on to Alima McFarlane, who fights Emily Ducat in a flyweight bout at Bellator 167. Both of these women have uh, sterling records. Alima's undefeated. Both of them have win streaks going in Bellator, and you could make the argument that this should be a flyweight championship bout. The inaugural flyweight championship bout is definitely uh, a top contender bout. So let's jump right in, talk to Alima, and see how our fight prep's going. Hey, how are you? Hi, Mike. I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks for taking the time out to talk to us. No worries. Is it uh, rough being in training camp over Thanksgiving? Oh, yes. Yes. And, uh, yeah, that's where I'm going to uh, hold myself up in my house during Thanksgiving, just so I'm not tempted at any family parties or anything. Do you have any plans to uh, celebrate Thanksgiving later, after the fight? Oh, I have plans to celebrate a lot of stuff after the fight, yeah. I'm, uh, I have, like, a ceviche and margaritas thing planned. I have, like, a tiki bar thing planned. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely have a lot of stuff uh, in the works for after my fight. And that's strictly just based off of cravings. Like, I've been craving so many stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> you've... Uh... You've had a significant boost in your career since uh, I think the last time we talked. Um, you know, you, three fights, you've won them all. Uh, are you still working the other jobs, or have you been able to uh, kind of shed that to focus on your professional career? Uh, well, I took I took um, time off from my steakhouse job to focus on this camp. However, I told them that I would help them um, during the holidays. And, and that's just because they've been really cool and flexible with my schedule. So, um, yeah, I, I haven't entirely left them. I, however, I did tell them, I was like, hey, guys, if I win this fight, I'm going to, like, for reals, for reals quit because I, don't, I won't need to be here. But um, if you guys see me after the fight, then that's bad news, and that means I lost. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so... I mean, we'll see what happens, but um, they, like, yeah, I've been able to live pretty frugally um, after my Rebecca Ruth fight, um, but there's still, I still, like, would like to travel and do a bunch of stuff, so maybe, so maybe I will have to stay at the restaurant for a little bit longer. You know, and you're off to such a hot start, 4-0, three uh, wins in Bellator, your last two by submission, um, it seems like you're, you're, you know, you're getting better. Is there something that you can point to and kind of attribute the success and improvement to? Yes. Um, it's been my corner and my team, hands down. It's all them. My trainers, uh, Bill and Manolo, Boogie, uh, my teammates, Liz, Lyell, like all those guys, they've totally handled my career since the moment I stepped inside the gym. Um and I trust them with everything. And, like, they, they're the ones that, that they'll take – they won't ever put me in a position where they don't think I can I can win or, or finish, you know. So everything – if they have everything down to a science pretty much as far as my progress, you know, uh, what fights to take, uh, what um, – the intensity of our camps, everything. So, yeah, it's been all, all my team. Awesome. You know, and it seems like uh, you're becoming so much more visible in Bellator. Um, this feels like they've really put their uh, weight behind you, and almost kind of like they're grooming you to be the face of women's MMA in Bellator. Do you, do you kind of feel that way, or do you feel like the spotlight's beginning to turn its uh, direction towards you? 
Um, oh yeah, I definitely, I feel like, um, I was kind of a part of the first wave of women fighters that they signed to the flyweight division, which was an honor in itself. Um, but then I think too, they, um, they have been putting a little bit more attention on me. And, you know, I, I've been winning, though. You know, I've, I'm one of the signees that hasn't lost yet. Well, yeah, one of them that hasn't lost yet. So I think it's not as if uh, they randomly chose me. I think it's um, it shows with my record. And um, so, yeah, I, I do feel like I've, I'm one of the faces of Bellator. But, you know, I've also seen that they've been making a lot of signings, signings with a lot um more seasoned veterans and established fighters, which I think is awesome for the division. And um, so, yeah, I, I love I love where they're headed with the division, and I love the um, the publicity that it's been getting and the attention that's been getting. And we, you know, you talked about uh, the division and the signing. Um, the they haven't announced a championship plan yet. Uh, are you kind of do you think that the division's ready to crown a champion? Um, I absolutely do. Uh, I thought that they were going to crown one before the end of the year, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, I think... I well, let's see. I, I think as far as the girls that they initially signed, a lot of us were up-and-comers, or are up-and-comers. You know, we're still early on into our career. And so maybe in that sense, uh, if they want to stick with kind of that group of, of women that they're trying to build up, um, then maybe it's not time, and or maybe that's why they didn't crown a champion this year. But then uh, you have to wonder, okay, well then what's going on with uh, with them fighting the other veterans who have a lot more fights? Um, like, are they gonna maybe bring in one of like some of those girls to fight for the belt? So yeah, it, it's it's uh, I have no idea what they're gonna do, um, but. I've heard rumors that they want to try to do a tournament, maybe, which I think would be really cool. Um, so again, yeah, no idea, but I'm ready whenever they are. So you don't feel like this is a kind of a de facto number one contender bout? You know, you both uh, have you know incredible um, success early on in Bellator, and it, you know it seems like this could be a you know a con- top contender bout, or maybe even the inaugural title fight. Yeah, I can absolutely see that. I mean, if they were going to crown a champion, like they uh, like they uh, were rumored to before the end of the year, I absolutely think it should have been this fight. Um, because on paper, you know, we're leading the division. Um, so, yeah, I like that, uh, what you said. It could be a de facto um, contender spot, you know, the winner of this one. Um, and who knows, maybe, it's, maybe the winner will fight Colleen Schneider for the belt. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I definitely think Emily's um, the toughest in the division, and if there was going to be a title fight, it it would have been between us two. You know, she um, has kind of flown maybe a little bit under the radar compared to yourself in uh, Bellator. You know, how familiar with her are you? I'm actually very familiar with her, and that's because I watched her. Uh, I watched her Bellator debut against Bruno Vargas. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm always rooting for the underdogs. Um, and I was like, hell yeah, this girl was the local fighter that basically was supposed to lose. She was, she was basically the Rebecca Ruth, you know, how Rebecca was brought in to fight Lena, and but she destroyed Lena. Um, and that's how Emily is. She was supposed, yeah, I think she was supposed to lose to Bruna Vargas. Ended up destroying her, finishing her. And so that's when I was like, this girl just got another fan. And um, I started following her, um, and even, we would even, like, comment on each other's social media uh, pages, and, you know, I would congratulate her on her fight and everything, and it was funny because after her last fight against, uh, against Kenya Miranda, I texted, like, again, it was an awesome fight, I was rooting for Emily, um, she was underdog going into this one, and I thought it was gangster that she took this fight on like two weeks against a much larger opponent. Who was, and she ended up finishing her. Kenya's a black belt. She just did, and Emily armbarred her. So again, I was like, hell yeah, congratulations, girl. And th- but then I remember texting Manolo, and because this was right after, um, like I had called out Anastasia Yankova and um, 
there was a bunch of buzz going on around, about us. And this was right after Anastasia. This was on the same car that Anastasia fought on. But I texted Manolo after the fight, and I was like, hey, I have a feeling they're going to give me they're going to give me Emily. They're not going to give me Anastasia. And sure enough, that same day, Rich texted Manolo and asked him if we wanted to Cody. So, I mean, I've been a fan of her. Um, and it was kind of funny because right, as soon as uh, we signed the contract, as soon as we found out we were fighting each other, all social media uh, likes ceased. <laughs> so we was like, okay, now we're opponents. Like, now it's down to business. So, uh, yeah, I she she has flown under the radar, but definitely not my radar. Like, she's been on my radar since the beginning. This is kind of a, a fight in her backyard. Um, you know, have you thought about that, or does that kind of weigh on your mind at all? Um, no, I mean, and I think it's because I'm I'm used to it at this point. Like, I fought Amber Tackett in Fresno. She was the hometown fighter. And then I fought Rebecca Roos in Dynamite 2 in her hometown. And that one was probably as hometown as you can get, just because it was like, I had about 50 people um, there for me, because I have a bunch of random cousins out in the Midwest. And so um, they all came, and, and so when I walked out and I heard them cheering, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Like, I can hear them cheering. And then she walked out, and the whole crowd, like, literally the whole entire stadium went up. And so I'm like, ah, shit. Like, but um, so I think I'm already conditioned for it, I guess. And, and also, I don't, I don't feel um, like the villain or the enemy just because I, I'm, I've been really cool with all my opponents. You know, I'm cool with Emily. I don't talk shit about her. I don't, I don't think I'm going to get any booze from her crowd. Um, but we'll see. You know, but again, it doesn't really faze me. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out to talk to us during the holiday week. Uh, best of luck to you. Yeah, thank you so much. So that was Alima McFarlane fighting at Bellator 167. Now let's talk to her opponent, Emily. Hello. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for taking the time out to talk to us during a holiday week. Not a problem. Is it uh, frustrating to be in training camp over uh, Thanksgiving? No, uh, my week's not bad, so I'm not that I'm not that hungry, not that tempted around, so I'm good. Um, you're you're fighting near home. You fought near home a lot, especially in Bellator. Uh, do you enjoy fighting near home? Yeah, I like to be close enough to where people can make the drive out. Um, I like when my teammates can come watch. Does the not having the travel requirements, not having those, help you train more efficiently? Um, I don't mind traveling for fights. My last fight, we had a fly down, and doesn't really mess up my training. Doesn't affect me. Um, but Bell- it is nice, close. Bellator is, uh, you know, exploring women's divisions and women titles and they seem to single in on the flyweight and the featherweight division in particular. Um, what is your, what are your thoughts on the process? Are, are you feel like it's uh, coming along too slow or, you know, are they on the right pace? I think they recently signed a whole bunch of uh, flyweights and stuff. And so I think that the title will be there soon, uh, early next year, maybe. And, uh, I think the timing has been good since they just recently signed all those flyweights and putting a bunch of those fights out. So I think it's pretty much on track. You uh, you mentioned that you think the title fight will come at the beginning of next year. Does that make this fight, you know, you're both two uh, talented fighters with great records, does this kind of make this a de facto contender bout for that inaugural title fight? I think this is a, a pretty big fight. Um Alima is a really great fighter. She's undefeated. Uh, so I think it's pretty important. I think it will throw our names up there in the in line for the title. I wouldn't say it's like the next fight, but I think it is, you know, uh, in that list to be considered. And, you know, she's a big up-and-comer, and she's got a lot of, you know, hype behind her. Do you feel like this is an opportunity to kind of take some of her hype and make it yours to help kind of shine a spotlight on yourself? Yeah, it's a really good opportunity. And like I said, she's undefeated and she does have a big following. Who, you know, she's a, an exciting fighter. 
Um, so I think that it will put a spotlight on both of us, and especially, you know, who wins. I think it's a pretty big fight. You know, before this uh, fight got booked, how much did you know about her? Have, have you met her before, or did you know her? Uh, no, I've never met her, but I, you know, before I was fighting in Bellator, I had seen her fight, and, uh, you know, so I was watching even before I knew it was a possibility. And, yeah, I, I enjoyed her. I'm a fan. She is a good fighter, and so it's a really great opportunity to be able to, you know, match up against her. How do you feel you match up against her? a good fight um she's really aggressive her wrestling and her ground is good and she's a good striker so she'll stand i don't think she's afraid to be anywhere so i think this fight is going to be pretty well-rounded um but like i said she's an aggressive wrestler and grappler so i think that would be her her main goal in this fight i think is to be to take it to the ground you know, and any time you fight somebody with an undefeated record, you know, they could easily be labeled the toughest opponent that somebody's ever faced. Do you feel that way? Uh, yeah, I see a lot of people saying that um, Alima is going to be my toughest opponent so far. And, yeah, I think it's true. She's got that undefeated record. She's got experience. She's got some good wins. Um, I don't really feel too much pressure. She's just another opponent for me. But, yeah, it is definitely her record is pretty big. So she's going to be good. You know, a lot of people talk about pressure in certain matchups, and you've mentioned that you, you don't feel any pressure. Um, what do you do or what enables you to kind of block that out? Um, I usually just, you know, focus on myself. I don't allow outside stuff. Uh, put any pressure on me. I really just do my training and listen to my coaches, and you know that's about it. Don't focus too much on what other people are saying because that will just sit in your head. And so I just kind of ignore it. Just live under my rock and train, and that's about it. What kind of advice have your uh, coaches given you going into this? You know, you're on the main card. It's you know big spotlight. What kind of advice have they given you? Um, just to stay calm. Be smart. Uh, we've trained for everything. We've prepared for everything. Just go out. You know, just fight. That's about it. You know, relax. And uh, to kind of go back to the talking about Bellator and the women's division, um, how exciting is it that there's a or- major MMA organization out there that's going out there and embracing, embracing some weight classes that have kind of been ignored, like flyweight and featherweight? Yeah, it's uh, really awesome that they have that weight because, you know, in the upper division, they really don't have that many weight classes. So I'm glad the tour has 125. And um, it's new and it's exciting. And obviously there's going to be that belt coming up. So it's going to be pretty huge. It's going to make it even bigger. Do you think that uh, 10 pounds between weight classes is um, sufficient for women's MMA or does it need to does it need to be a uh, weight class every five division or five pounds I like the 10 pounds I used to fight at 115 and 25 it's pretty nice so uh, I think 10's good well uh, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to us during the holiday week best of luck to you All right, we have just one last interview for you with Derek Campos, who was supposed to fight Patricky Pitbull, but because of an injury, Patricky has been forced off the card. Still want to include the Derek interview, though, because he took the time out to talk to us and gave a, give us a little bit of insight. So here you go. Hey, how are you? I'm doing great, Mike. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for uh, taking the time out to talk to us during a holiday week. Uh, absolutely. Is it uh, difficult to be heading into a fight Uh during thanksgiving no no i'm, I'm just uh i might have a small plate you know just uh, some turkey and like a small portion of like you know maybe some stuffing but uh no it's not it's not hard you know just stay focused uh stick to the to the meal plan stick to the diet and and it's, it's pretty easy from there <laughs> you're not loading up a huge tupperware full of thanksgiving food and freezing it until after the fight Oh no no! I'll just uh, I'll just ask my family to if we can make it all fresh again afterwards. 
<laughs> hey, if you were in my family, I wouldn't say no to that. <laughs> now, you said after uh, the fight with Melvin that you wanted a bigger fight. Um, you didn't get it in your last fight. Do you feel like this is the big fight that you've been asking for or not so much because you already fought him? Uh, I, you know, I, I'm always looking for a big fight. You know, every fight, every fight to me, no matter who they give me, it, it's a big fight to me because, I mean, uh, this rematch means a lot to me, you know, and uh, a win here, a very decisive win, you know, uh, a more dominating win than what Chandler was able to do against him, I believe that could, uh, you know, catapult me into title contention. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's always a big fight to me, regardless of who they give me, you know, whether it's a Jamil Chan or, or Patricky Pitbull, you know, it's uh, I'm going to bring the fight. So you kind of alluded to this, you know, one, uh, a win here gives you a three fight win streak. You feel like the next step is the title shot after that. If you win in dominant fashion. Absolutely. Um, if I can go in there and dominate tricky the way I want to, then yes, I absolutely believe that, you know, I deserve a shot at gold. And, uh, even if, you know, even if I go in there and, put on a dominating performance and I still don't get a title shot and they want to give me one of the next top guys and I'll do my job. I'll go to work and I'll, I'll put on, you know, another, another performance to get myself closer to being given, you know, a title shot. So, I mean, I just, for me, it's just, I need to go in there and I need to win and keep winning. Did you watch uh, the title fight with Michael Chandler this past weekend? And if so, what did you think of it? Yeah, I, I got to see it. It was, it was, a, good, it was a good fight. I thought it was a, an amazing fight. You know, Chandler went in there and put on the dominating performance that he was looking to put on. And, you know, he, he did what he needed to do to retain his gold. And, you know, uh, he, he, showed, he showed the world that he was you know, why he's champion and why he's the top, one of the top lightweights in the world. So, uh, there's work to be done. Now, some people thought that the fight, the way it ended or the scoring was somewhat controversial. I'm not one of those people, but did you think it was, or did you think it was scored correctly? Uh, I, you know, scorecards are so like, I hate leaving anything up to the judges, but, you know, whether it becomes a split decision or an decision, like I hate it, but uh, the way I see it, at the end of the night, Chandler's hand was raised, and that's that's all that's all there is to it. And you're fighting Patricky. They say that a rematch favors the fighter who lost. Do you agree with that sentiment? Uh, in a weird way, in a superstitious kind of way, yeah, sometimes, you know, sort of. <laughs> but uh, for the most part, now I have to kind of lean towards it. It's it's up for grabs because each fighter knows, you know, they, they, they've seen what the other fighter has offered before. And, you know, we continue to see what each other can do in the, in the cage. And, you know, I've watched Patricky, he's watched me and here we are with this rematch, but, you know, I, I would like to think that it is in my favor, but I never just rely on just thinking that alone. You know, I, I'll need a, go in there and, and really put on a dominating performance and come out, you know, to come out victorious. And the last time you guys fought was this part of a tournament and it was kind of a quick turnaround. Did that play a factor in how that fight played out? Yeah, it did. I mean, my, uh, going into that next fight, you know, I didn't have all my power in my right hand and it was messed up, but now my hands are, thank God, completely healed up, you know, since it's been, uh, you know, two years, I guess, or whatever, and over two years. And uh, these days, my hands are strong, you know, from all the boxing that I'm doing, taping them up real good. And uh, I'm looking to go in there with 100% power and, and really let them feel it this time. I mean, if your hands are injured or hurting, I mean, you're basically limited in anything you can do, whether it be boxing or grappling, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you if you if you don't if you aren't to full potential, yeah, you're limited. I mean, you're limited, but 
still doesn't mean that I can't win. You know, can't you can't win, but it's always a good feeling knowing that you're hundred percent healthy going into a fight, and you know you can give it all, all you've got. And you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but you know, looking back at your first fight, aside from the injuries and whatnot, is there something that you learned uh, that you walked away from? that fight with that you can use in this fight to try and get the win? Yeah. I mean, really it's just, for me, it's, it's going to be come down to controlling the fight. You know, I, I feel like I let the, I had control in the first round and somewhere in the second round, uh, I lost control of the fight and uh, lost it the way I did. So, uh, this fight, I need to go in there and I need to dictate it. I need to control the, control the pace control everything and and my hand i will be victorious and i know you're not looking past patricky because he's a tough opponent but um you mentioned watching the chandler fight did you watch that fight and see some holes that you could take advantage of if you were to fight him for the title next yeah yeah uh i believe chandler does have uh some holes in his game and you know, I would I would definitely like to take advantage of those, and uh, I feel like I feel like the first time Chandler and I fought, you know, I didn't really get to. Um, I wasn't on my A game, and you can't fight the type of fighter Chandler is without your A game. So uh, I'd like to really, I'd like to go in there and hit Chandler with a, one of my power shots and really let him feel it because I don't think he's ever felt power, power for like real power. So. I'd like to go in there and, and, and lay my hands on him. But first things first, I need to go in there and go to work against Pitbull. Do you think you have the best power in the Bellator lightweight division? You know, when I think about it, you know, I, I'd like to, I believe I do. I believe I have uh, the, the strong, the stronger hands than uh, the rest of the class. You know, I feel like I know how to throw power and I'm, I'm going to, Really look to try and go in there and show it to the rest of the division against Patricky and and uh, just let that power be seen for itself. And, you know, two titles has become kind of all the rage in MMA. Um, you know, and it seems like fighters are being asked about it all the time, and I hate to be somebody that's kind of asking about it, but does it make you reevaluate your goals? I feel like fighters strive to win the championship in their division, but is it now fighters constantly looking past that at bigger goals uh, yeah I mean you know uh, I think that the whole two division thing uh, it's it's if that's what you aspire for you know you want to dominate different divisions then yeah I mean as a fighter that's what you that's what you need to do and go after but uh, for me I'd really like to dominate the one, get the title, and I'd really like to dominate and leave a reign and a legacy that that people will remember, and and take, you know do that for my career. Because I mean, dropping down one forty five or going up to one seventy, you know, it's you know it's a you know I could do it, but I mean I'd rather be known as that dominant 155 champ and, and, and make my my legacy there. Do you aspire to be more Anderson Silva GSP than Conor McGregor? Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. You're still young enough that you have plenty of time to uh, win the belt and reign for a long, long time. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I, you know, I believe I, I could reign for a, while, a long time. You know, or, you know, I can get that gold like I, like I envisioned, and you know uh, things change all the time. You know, <laughs> like I said, guys are changing divisions all the time, going up the weight class, dropping weight class down to compete. And you know, uh, I'm not opposed to it. But first things first, I want to leave a legacy at 155, and then go and reevaluate my future from there. So I don't know uh, if I had to choose though, I definitely would. Uh, bounce up to 170 and go tango with those guys. And you've mentioned it a few times. Uh, the legacy you want to leave is the legacy simply just being the most dominant lightweight champion in Bellator history, or is there some other aspect of that? 
being it's pretty much being the most dominant lightweight champion in Bellator history and you know setting the bar for what a champion should be uh, at the at the lightweight division and, and overall but um, that that's what I want to do is just you know leave that legacy there and, and then carry you know let it carry on to you know my personal life you know as people you know respect champions people honor champions and you know I'm I didn't get into this game the fight game, the fight life for nothing. We're all aspiring to be a champion and we all want to, you know, we want the glory. We want to be remembered. And, uh, that's for me, that's what I want to do. I want to be able to retire one day, get old one day and look back and say, you know, I went in there and I bust my butt and I got the gold. Well, thank you uh, so much to take for taking the time out to talk to us. Um, we really appreciate it. Best of luck to you in your fight. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate it. So there you have it. The Fighters of Bellator 167 taking the time out to talk to the Extra Rounds podcast. It was very appreciated. Thank you to all the fighters who took the time out to talk to us. And thank you for taking the time out to listen. Uh, For those of you who don't know, we stream the show live on the Sports Illustrated MMA Facebook page every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. You can watch live. You can also call in. Uh, have your questions answered on the air or comment in the comment section or we'll discuss it live on the show. So if you haven't checked that out, make sure to do so. Also, make sure to subscribe and review. We would very much appreciate it. Thank you guys. See you next time.